Paul writing to the Christians in Ephesus. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. This now to the reading of God's holy word. May he add his blessing to the preaching of it this afternoon. Question 38 of our catechism asks, what is sanctification? We have been talking about the benefits that come to us through faith in Jesus Christ. In our effectual calling, we place our faith in Christ and we are Saved, And we are here talking about the benefits that come to those who place their faith in Christ Jesus. First, we looked at justification, whereby we are declared not guilty before God. Then, adoption. Uh, here we see that we have been declared not guilty so that we might be received as sons and daughters of the Father. So the judge has pardoned us. The judge has also adopted us as his own. We are his children. He is our Father in heaven But here, the third benefit mentioned by our catechism is sanctification. Now, what is sanctification? Notice that sanctification is here called a work or the work. It is the work of God's free grace. Do you remember what was said, though, of justification and adoption? Those two things were not called a work. Those two things were called what? An act. Uh, These were an act of God, something that He did in a moment. It was done and it is finished. Uh, Justification, remember, is not a progressive thing. Uh, Justification is an act. God declares sinners not guilty in a moment. There's nothing more to do. So too with adoption. Adoption is an act. It's a a legal thing. It's also a, a familial thing. Uh, But it is done and it is finished. Now that one who is adopted goes on living as a child of God. But the adoption itself was called an act. But we come now to the third benefit of our salvation. And sanctification is mentioned and it is called a work. Sanctification is a process, brothers and sisters. It is something that God does in us 
progressively. And we must remember that. There is a sense in which sanctification is also an act. When we first come to faith in Christ, we are set apart from the world and unto God. The word sanctification means to make holy. And so we are positionally sanctified in a moment, and it is an act. We are set apart from the world and unto God in that positional sense. But here, sanctification is described to us as a work, as a process. We are progressively and over time made more and more holy. We are progressively and over time made more and more into the image of Christ. It is called a work for this reason. Notice, though, it is not a work that is ours alone, though we are involved in it. It is called a work of God's free grace. So we are justified by the grace of God. We are adopted by the grace of God. We are also sanctified by the grace of God. This sanctification, this progressive work, is a work that God does in us graciously. If you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you know that. You know how gracious God has been to you, not only to bring you to salvation, not only to justify you and adopt you, but also He is patient with His people. He's gracious to them. He sanctifies us according to His grace. 2 Thessalonians 2.13 says, But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the firstfruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and the belief in truth. Uh, This here is talking about, I think, positional sanctification. But we know that the scriptures say that God is faithful to finish the work He has begun in us. And that certainly is a reference to the progressive sanctification. God making us more and more holy and more and more like Christ over time. All of this is by God's grace alone. Then our catechism goes on to say, whereby. And so the word whereby signals that we are about to be told what sanctification involves. Sanctification is the work of God's free grace, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God. Um, That that little phrase, the image of God, should remind you of something. What what does it remind you of? I'll I'll ask you. What does it remind you of? You You can reply to me. Christ, okay, Jesus Christ being the Son of God, the image of God, okay, good, that's very good. What else? Man was made in God's image. So in the beginning, Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. They possessed true knowledge, they had righteousness and holiness, and they were given dominion over the other creatures, yes? Adam fell into sin and was corrupted in the whole nature, in his whole being. He was totally depraved, in other words. So no longer did Adam possess true knowledge, nor righteousness, nor holiness. No longer did he exercise dominion properly. All of that was distorted by his fall into sin, and we are born in Adam. But here we are being told that God is is sanctifying us and... By that we mean he is renewing us in the whole man after the image of God. So what was lost at the time of the fall is being renewed, and I would add, in Christ Jesus. As Gina just mentioned here, Um, Christ was the perfect man. Christ, the second Adam, was the image of God. He was the perfect man, and we are being made into his likeness. He was what Adam should have been, 
and we are being renewed by him and made into his likeness more and more uh, progressively, whereby we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God. In other words, through this process of sanctification, we are, we are growing and we are learning to think God's truth. We are growing and progressing in, in righteous living ourselves. We are becoming more and more holy. As I have said many times already, that is a, that is a process. And sometimes that is a very difficult process. Wouldn't you agree? It is a work that God does in us, but it is also a work that we are called to engage in ourselves. There's no cooperation when it comes to our justification. That is God's act. He does it to us and for us. There's no cooperation in our adoption either. That is God's act. It is something He does to us and for us by His grace alone. But as we come to this doctrine of sanctification, it is called a work. God works something in us. There is cooperation there. Uh, We are involved in this process. God sanctifies us, but we also have been called to pursue holiness. In fact, that passage that I read from Ephesians 4, 17 through 32, has a lot to say about that, doesn't it? Um, There, Paul talks about how we used to live and how the Gentiles who do not know Christ do live. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed. Do you hear the, the progressive language here? And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So this, this sanctification is a process, and it is a process that, that God works in us by His grace, but it is also something that we're involved in. We are to daily put off the old self and put on the new self. Paul uses the language of, of uh, clothing here. So just as you take off old filthy garments and put them to the side and put on new garments so that you're presentable in the world, so too we are to do this daily in our Christian walk. We are to, we are to put off the old self and to put on the new that has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Whereby are we are renewed in the whole man after the image of God. So in our sanctification, we're not just learning to obey God in an external way. In fact, in sanctification, God is renewing us inwardly to the very core of our being. He's renewing our minds. He's changing our hearts. He's strengthening our wills so that we do what is pleasing to the Lord. I I said that is a real battle sometimes. It is a real battle sometimes, but it is a work that God has promised to do for all who are united to Christ by faith. Uh, Lastly, our catechism says, and are enabled more and more to die unto sin and to live unto righteousness. I was thinking about that word enabled the other day. We use that word negatively a lot in our day and age, don't we? We, we talk about how it's bad to, to enable somebody. Don't enable them, we say. What do we mean by that? Don't, don't, um, don't help them in this instance because you're just going to encourage bad behavior. But the word enabled here is referring to the way in which God works in us and changes us and strengthens us so that we are able, so that we are able ourselves to die unto sin and to live unto righteousness. Um, This is a work that we must do. 
We must choose to put off the old self and to put on the new. We must choose to pursue holiness. We must choose to flee from that which is evil and to cling to that which is good. These are commands that are given to us. So we, we have a role to play in our sanctification, don't we? Do not miss this fact. Christian, you are not to sit around and to just pray that God would sanctify you as if he's going to zap you from on high and magically do it. Uh, we are to pray that God would sanctify us and then we are to work not for our salvation, but because we have been saved. Not to earn God's favor, but because God's favor has been freely given. So it is a work that God does in us, and it is a work that we do. We are enabled by God, and by His grace, and by His word, and by His spirit, to more and more die unto sin and live unto righteousness. Romans 6.11, So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You have... You, you have been crucified with Christ. You have been given new life. Now you must live according to that reality. You must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. How is it that the Lord sanctifies His people? He, he does it in so many ways. He sanctifies us by His Word, the truth of His Word. As we encounter the truth of Holy Scripture and as our minds are renewed by it, we are sanctified. We, we learn truth and then we begin to live according to it. We learn wisdom and then we act according to wisdom. We are sanctified as we encounter God's word. We're sanctified also through our relationship with other people too. Iron sharpens iron and so too we are to sharpen one another. We're to exhort one another, encourage one another, even rebuke one another. So in the body of Christ, sanctification takes place. We are also sanctified when we fail. We learn sometimes by experience. You know, and sometimes the Lord allows us to, to, to stumble, to, to fail, so that we might be sanctified further. Think of Peter, who denied his, his beloved Savior, his beloved Lord, uh, three times. And one night after saying, I will never deny you, I'll die for you. Why did the Lord permit that? I trust it was so that Peter might be sanctified further through that experience. I trust it was also to prepare Peter so that he would be ready to care for others who were struggling along the way. He himself had stumbled. The Lord was gracious to him. And now he, as an apostle and as an elder within the church, would be prepared to care for those who were themselves struggling along the way. This sanctification is a process. Sometimes it is a very arduous process. Uh, brothers and sisters, let us pursue the Lord all the days of our life. Let us do our part in this work, but never in independence from God, but in constant dependence upon Him and upon His grace. I pray that you are sanctified positionally. I trust that you are. If you have faith in Jesus Christ and that faith is sincere, you are sanctified positionally. You have been set apart from the world and unto God. You've been made holy by His blood. Thanks be to God. But we must also be sanctified progressively, because corruptions do remain in us. We are tempted to do evil by the world around us, by the evil one himself, even by the corruptions that remain within. And it's those corruptions within that must be put to death. We must put them to death. Brothers and sisters, put off the old self and put on the new, which has been created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's bow for prayer. We will sing and then we will go to corporate prayer together. Father in heaven, we thank you for our justification. We thank you for our adoption. We thank you also for this work of sanctification that you are doing within us presently. 
I pray, O God, that you would teach us to live in obedience to you and that you would enable us to do so as you renew our minds and hearts and our wills. More and more, teach us to hate what is evil and to cling to what is good. Strengthen us, O God, so that we can walk in the right way. Make us more and more like Christ, the true and second Adam. In his name we pray. Amen.